Welcome to Leftovers from Living Proof, the podcast for stuff that didn't fit into the service. We hope to share some information that will make you think and maybe even make you laugh. You want me to start it? I don't really know what we're going to say. You just say, hi, my name is. Do you want me to, you want me to just make up something? That's a terrible way to start it. That's normally what I do. Yeah, make up something. Okay. Hello, everyone that is listening. Who knows where you probably are? Um, more than likely, if you're listening to this, it means you don't have a life and this is all you had to do. Or you're just driving somewhere really, really far and you need something to listen to. Anyway, got a couple people that are guests here today, um, including our... Real good friend, which I'm not supposed to call him a buddy, Rob. I didn't say you couldn't call me a buddy. I, I was no, kind of surprised said we were not buddies. Said, oh, my buddies. I'm pretty sure I meant to say muddy putties, and it came out buddy. So I'm Rob White. And I'm Paul Lore. I'm TJ Slider. And I'm Travis Allen. And if you didn't know who the guests were, it's the last two. <laughs> we put them in <laughs> We put them in that order. TJ is a business owner. Um, TJ, you want to tell them what you do for a living? Yeah, we own a, an exterior cleaning company uh, based out of Paola, Kansas. We clean residential and commercial properties. Cool. What's the name of your business? Premier Pressure Clean. That's awesome. Did you know that we're looking for sponsors? <laughs> <laughs> Travis, uh, we have today. yet to figure out what Travis does. Um, we, the last podcast we tried to record which had audio screwed up. He still didn't know what he did. What do you do? I still don't know. You still haven't figured out? Yeah, I drive around trucks and, and try you, to help you, people do things. You play in oil. Give them money sometimes. Don't you drill stuff? Sometimes. <laughs> I've known Travis like our whole life. I'm still not sure what he does. <laughs> I'm just The glad. less people know about me, the better. Really? Yes. Why is that? You don't need to know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Paul still does uh, stripping and waxing, right? Yep. That's yep. right. Yeah, and Rob's getting ready to retire and join him in that, which I heard last podcast. That's really neat. That's awesome. I got a lot of things in the works. <laughs> you got a lot to strip and wax. So on to the first topic. Um, it's it's actually hit big on Instagram and uh, Facebook and Twitter, whatever other social media platform you want to put out there. But uh, it's it's called Preachers and Sneakers. Have you, have you ever heard of it? Yeah. You've heard of it? Yeah, I saw it on Pinterest. Pinterest? It's on Pinterest? I have no idea. I didn't know you were really That was another on social media interest. Okay. You know. Travis? TJ? Yeah, I heard about it. Yeah. I, I actually talked to some friends about it here a couple weeks ago. <laughs> on purpose? In the same room? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so tell me, so basically what it is, if you're, if you're new to what it is, um, it's, it's, the guy started it, he was on staff at a church, and he started it, started to make fun of like big name pastors and speakers at churches that are wearing like $5,000 pair of shoes. Whoa, or, whoa. Yeah. Shoes that are $5,000? Yeah. Yeah. $2,500 a shoe if you have two feet. Dude, I could bags. buy two cars <laughs> for $5,000. What are you talking about? Well, Where are you I, your they're cars? not very good cars, but you, I, mean, I could still buy still cars. You could buy five cars for five. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't maybe, know the math. Maybe 10. <laughs> Maybe, maybe no. 10. I mean, maybe these, 10. Are, these are cars that I could get into and drive and go somewhere with. Well, they're they're walking in these. That is kind of true. It's both forms of transportation. Yeah, 
But $5,000 for sneakers. Yeah. And then they've got, um, there's a guy on there that has like um, $800 pair of jogging pants. So some of the some of the big names, um, just because they're out there anyway, um, like John John Gray, he's a great speaker. Um, there's also um, I'm trying to think of Stephen Furtick, Judah Smith, uh, and they're they're actually it's funny because they're all making fun of this now, like they're wearing things on purpose while they're speaking to see that the kid catches them, and he did not he did not create this, mind you, to like blast them. Or be mean to them, but tell me, tell me what you guys think about preachers and sneakers. Like, do you think the pastors should be wearing things that expensive? Or I'll take this one for a minute. <laughs> so I think it goes in a lot of different directions. Um, <laughs> it's a it's a topic that can go a lot of different ways, but basically, mattering how you obtained that money that you bought something with could be one of the first topics of how you want to get into if they should be spending that money on certain things, you know, is that money that came from the church or not? Um, whether that was a speaking engagement or writing a book, things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Most people tend to think that $5,000 shoes are kind of a status thing. And uh, coming from a preacher who is judged probably more than most for, for everything that they do, every move they make, mm-hmm. how they spend their money. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I'd probably would, would think that by wearing $5,000 shoes is probably not the greatest idea um, for a preacher or, or really anybody. I know that <clears throat> really anybody that especially is, you know, serving the Lord, it, it's pointless money spent that really serves no so purpose. So it goes, it goes back to like we should be good stewards, whether it's the church's money or our own personal money. I, I kind of agree. Yeah. Um, especially okay. being, being a, a Christian, like to just blow that kind of money on things like um that could be used so many other places maybe not even for like a charity or things like that but what if, what if god blesses you with so much money that i mean the only way you can get rid of it is to buy five thousand dollar sneakers <laughs> the only way like there's you no- could give it to <laughs> me <laughs> like i have i have searched far and wide for people that need money the only way I can come up with is to buy these sneakers. Yeah, I mean, they must be like super comfortable and uh, they last a really long time. So they're probably worth $5,000, right? Do you think it could be that they're trying to reach someone? What, 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 what do you mean? Well, I know there's a ton of kids that are go after shoes. I mean, there's... Wait, is Paul suggesting that they make you faster? Like you can reach someone? <laughs> hey, <laughs> make, hey, my grandson, he gets a new pair of shoes. He is He's fast. fast. Yeah, yeah. And it worked wow. in Sandlot, so... <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Well, Travis, what do you think? I think if they want to spend their money on $5,000 shoes, they should be able to. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can say the same thing, you know, like, you know, I don't know what kind of houses you guys live in, but you don't have to live in as nice of a house as you live in. You could get by with half the house you have. Mm-hmm. You could get by with half the vehicle you have. You could say everything that way with living, you know, not such nice stuff. I mean, I realize $5,000 shoes is ridiculous, but if the church isn't giving them that money... Right. For, for clothing, and they're paying for it out of their own pocket, more power to them. Now, if the church says, hey, it's causing a distraction or it's a problem, um, the church, you're an employee of the church, mm-hmm. the church can tell you, hey, you can't wear those. 
right on they, Sunday service. Yeah, you could you could have you could have. But a, on your free time, wear whatever. Hey, you want. we want wear. you to wear suits, or we want you to wear collared yeah. shirts, whatever, based on the employment agreement, right? Right up front. I, I will say this though, like when you look at someone's character, like right away, um, there are like if I see someone, it, whether you call it judging or not, it's really not judging; it's really discernment based on okay, well that person has money or that person doesn't or whatever. Everybody does that, okay? Um, whether it's right or wrong, that's what happens. Um, we all use our visuals to say something. There are red flags to me for character issues for anyone that would go out and buy 5,000 pair of tennis shoes. I completely agree. Like, like I'm not saying that they, sh- they shouldn't be allowed to because that is their, like, it's their money. It's their thing. But I would question myself, do I want to sit under somebody that has the brain power enough to go out and write a check for $5,000 for a pair of shoes? Like, if, I, if he's going to do that for himself personally, how would he steward the church's money? If it is his personal money, how will how well will he be at stewarding the church's money if he's willing to... I mean, so this guy right here spent $6,500 on this hoodie that we're looking I, at. I'm not sure that I could tell the difference between a $70 hoodie... It looks like one of my hoodies si- that I get printed up. $6,500 oh, That one looks hoodie. a lot nicer. Come on, Trav. It's glossy. <laughs> It's it's it don't even look like it has a zipper. I want zip ups anyway. I think one of the biggest things, like you're saying about, you know, the person buying the shoes or the jacket or whatever it is, I think a lot of people that are outside the church community just assume that if a pastor is wearing something, that it comes from like an allowance for for clothing or something that is directly coming from the church. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where the like immediate um, judgment comes from because it's like they just automatically think that's the church's money. Mm-hmm. So. That's that's where we there's got to be a fine line because, like so if I so if I pastor and I've got a camper and a boat and all the toys at home that I would ever want, people could look at me and go, okay, he's making way too much money. And like to me, that's not fair because I earned the money. We agreed on what I'm getting paid. I should be able to do whatever with the money that I want to do, right? Um, but there's also a fine line where if I go out and just spend stupidly and get into a bunch of debt and I'm not able to even take care of my own home or um, if I'm wasting a bunch of money. Uh, instead of me buying a, a used camper, I have to have everything brand new. Eventually, people are going to go, okay, well, he's doing that same thing in the church. Like Instead of us saving money um, and, and cutting back here, we never do that because we always have to have everything brand new. And it, it just reflects on who you are as a person. Um, so that's not necessarily saying you're a bad person. It's just saying, well, maybe um, I won't set under that person because they they don't know how to handle their money. So how can they preach to other people and say, hey, this is God's way of handling money? That's just making a lot of assumptions. You're <laughs> assuming because someone has $5,000 shoes, they don't know how to handle their money. I mean, yeah, well, obviously, right. if they can afford $5,000 shoes, they can handle their money pretty well. No, mm-hmm. no, I disagree with that. So I'm just saying you're making... That makes a lot of assumptions. It, it, there, you're mm-hmm. right. There are a lot of assumptions in that because... We don't. For all we know, they were they were a guest speaker somewhere, and the gift for that speaker was some guy. I'm going to go out and buy all of these five dollars, and he was terrible with money, and this guy just got the benefit of it. Yeah, you know, like I've I've been handed stuff. I've spoke at a kids camp before, and they handed me a brand new iPad when I left. I sold it because I used my Surface Pro. Wow. I told him that. I told him I was like I, I didn't I didn't even want to accept it. Like I, I was like I don't need this. I was like, it's really nice of you, and it's really cool. After you sold it, did you give that money back to God? No. 
No, I didn't. <laughs> well, we got a big problem there, guys. <laughs> yeah. I think we went to Applebee's. I think you should probably stop telling stories. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, hold on, hold on. I I, I think that we're, we're uh, taking the pastor uh, thing a little bit too far. Let, let's say it's me. Let's say it's just me. I'm I'm going to go buy uh, $5,000 shoes. Is that is that okay as opposed to the pastor? Because uh, if if we take out the assumption that it's church money, then it's just being a good steward of God's money. Mm-hmm. Um, could mm-hmm. could I could I buy five thousand well, dollars shoes? Are you want to? Go you ahead. Can, I think the question is is are you a good steward of God? And I'm not asking you that about specifically you. I'm asking you about the person that's not a pastor, right? So when you look at uh, a, a, an NBA basketball player that just spends you know thousands like these sixty five hundred dollar hoodies. Well, I think you can't compare that to the pastor because are they even stewards of God to begin with at all? Does that kind of make sense where I'm coming from? You're saying you. I'm, I'm not an NBA player. Uh, yeah, well. Nor um, am I a preacher. But, but physically, you are. You do look like. I could see where he would have that assumption that you were yeah, an NBA player. Yeah. Sorry, I got mixed up. <laughs> so so let's say it is an NBA player. And 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 they profess to be a, a follower of Christ. Mm-hmm. Again, are they still a good steward of that money? Is it okay for an NBA player to dress that way when uh, okay. they know the people in their community so are if, starving? If we're not going to hold anybody to a standard of being a good steward of even money, being a good steward of your platform, being a good steward of any of your time, your resources. So I there was a professing basketball player. In the NBA Finals, that was just on between the Warriors and um, that other team. That one, one second, one second. I'm going to think of it. Raptors. Thank you, Toronto. Um, and I watched the end of the game. Well, he professes to be a, a believer of Christ off of the court, and when he got injured, he yelled a profane word in the camera. Like, like it wasn't like the injury just happened, and it was just by like. You know, like he what he thought out what he was going to do. It was why they were carrying him out the back, and he yells out a profane word. Why millions and millions of people and kids are watching, and I'm like, that's a standard that if I was to do that as a pastor at church, a lot of people would be like, "Hey, he's not being a good steward of that platform." So it can go into a lot. Like what TJ said at the very beginning, like rabbit holes. This conversation can go in a lot of different places because. Where do we draw the line if I get I guess someone their accountability group this if they're spending um you know it looks like uh Stephen Furtick has a pair of fifteen hundred dollar tennis shoes or something <laughs> like that um so maybe his accountability group should be like find out like hey um just just throwing this out there maybe if you spent that money we just need to be careful because I would want anybody in this room as a friend to go hey Bo like. You know, buying um, a Gucci belt and showing it off, uh, you know, at church, maybe not the best idea. It's it's just like holding each other accountable for what we're doing. I think I, that everybody's held to a different standard, no matter whether you're a preacher or a parent. or mm-hmm. There's different levels of what you're held to at a standard. So it's hard to say if, I mean... Yeah, I would say like that. I think it's kind of ridiculous that anybody buys a five thousand dollar pair of shoes. But at the end of the day, I guess like do what you want to do. Like mm-hmm. I'm really not going to judge you for doing it. Now, listen, I'm probably not going to go to the church that the preacher wears five thousand dollar tennis shoes. Mm-hmm. Like, 
are probably not going to fit in there too well anyways, mm-hmm. but, you know, kind of to each in their own in a way. Would, would you buy a car from somebody who wears $5,000 tennis shoes? I mean... First off, I can't tell the yeah. difference. I, I can't Between either. Walmart yeah. tennis shoes and these $5,000. <laughs> I mean, me neither. I'm looking at them. Well, I don't understand. You guys have never even been in $5,000 tennis <laughs> shoes. <laughs> I mean, again, you guys make a lot of assumptions. Yeah, yeah we do. Because yeah. I've been in Walmart shoes, and they ain't that nice. Those look nice. <laughs> yeah. They yeah, look well. like four inches thick. Soles. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it probably saves your back. They, these these $5,000 pair of shoes better save your back. They better make you run fast. They better make you jump like an NBA player. Uh, the picture that we see here doesn't look like he can stand up straight in those because <laughs> yeah, they have such heels. Yeah. I'm, the biggest thing is, like you said at the beginning, there's a reason you're wearing $5,000 shoes. It's not for comfort. Mm-hmm. That's not what they're, you know, it's like the guy isn't wearing them because he has bad knees, so he bought $5,000 name brand That's what shoes. Travis thinks. It's like, possible, there, is all there, I'm saying. There, there's one specific reason that you buy a $1,500 hoodie, and that mm-hmm. is so people know that you have a $1,500 hoodie on. Well, and that's so that's where the character flaws come in, like where there's something missing where I have to show everybody, I have to show the world what I'm capable of doing. And that's where I'm very, um, as a pastor, I'm very protective of the platform that God's given me. It's one of the, the things, like I, I feel like God told me at the very beginning of living proof that if I ever take the platform and use it for anything other than his glory, that he was going to take it from me. And I, I take that in all seriousness that like, I don't sell things from, um, the platform that would benefit me in any way. Like if we, if we sell something, it's except a wrap. that iPad. Yeah. Except for iPads. I didn't sell the iPad from the platform of church. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. I sold it at the, at the comfort of my home. But you got it from the platform. No, I didn't. I, I asked him not to give it to me. I don't, I'm not saying I can't get paid for doing something. It even bothers me to an extent. How when, did your accountability group address this? The advisory team? <laughs> I didn't even tell them. See, oh, okay. that's the problem. It's a character flaw. Secrets and lies. It's all coming out. So like, I even struggle with people that call... Like when they come up with their own ministries, but they use their name as the ministry. Like their their platform is Jensen Franklin Jensen Franklin Ministries, or they they use their name like almost like that. Like I always told myself, if I was ever to get to a place where like I would never use my name in that, I would you know I, I want some other name. It bothers me. I don't know why. I I, I don't know. I, I I think Billy Graham Ministries means a lot. Yeah, because that's what they promoted it. If Billy Graham could have called it Upwards Ministries, and it still would have been as successful. But everybody knows the name Billy Graham. He did everything in his power to make sure that God got all the glory for it. Yeah. And I think that was amazing. But he could have called it anything, and God would have still got the glory for it. Because God was going to use Billy Graham to do what Billy Graham did. And I that's where I, that's where I say my personal convictions. I'm not saying that Billy Graham was bad, obviously, or... Um, you know, it's pretty well known by any Baptist that you can get struck dead for saying anything bad about Billy Graham. Yeah, so you can't a, do that. That's a proven fact. Yeah, that's a proven okay. fact. <laughs> you can't do that. So I'm saying that I, my personal convictions is I don't like to put my name on anything that where God's supposed to get the glory for it. This same subject comes up with like um, Christian bands, right? Mm-hmm. That they're making millions and millions and millions of dollars and living in these big homes and some people tend to think like, well, you know, they should be doing certain things. The whole reason these people are even coming to these concerts are, are to worship God. And so then, you know, like even 
me disagreeing with the shoes, like I kind of look at them and I'm thinking, well, you know, the people were willing to pay the tickets, mm-hmm. like right, like they were like, hey, it's three hundred bucks for a ticket, and people people bought them, yeah, like to yeah. an extent. So, but does that does it work that way with a pastor to say like, you know, there's there's no um, ticket price to come into the church. We could go there. You you see? Like that. <laughs> so I think people give when they give to the church, they're wanting to they're not wanting to give so the pastor can live in a ten million dollar home. That's not that's not the purpose of what they're giving the whether that that church is, is a really big church and um, the pastor's able to draw a really big salary off of it. I don't think that's why the people gave the money. And I think that's why it upsets people. Like I, I think it's a like you said, a rabbit hole conversation of where does the line end where and so I think everybody has to use their own personal convictions their own like like you said I'm not gonna sit in under anybody that lives that lifestyle either because I wouldn't I wouldn't relate to them even when they're up there speaking I'm not saying that they're bad or that I'm better or they're better or anything I'm just saying I wouldn't relate to them at all yeah and, and knowing where they are and I think that you got to be careful I think you got to know your culture maybe where Stephen Furtick lives obviously, the culture is they think that's amazing and they want to relate to that because his church is like flourishing and he's doing amazing things, you know? So, but here, if I got up and people found out that I was wearing 5,000 pair of tennis shoes and payola, people were like, I, I, I guarantee you. There would be a complete come apart in my church. <laughs> yeah. Like seriously, like it would be a pretty, well, I'm going to spread that rumor that you're wearing 1,000 pair you of underwear. You could though. No one would know the difference. $1,000 right? underwear. Because no one, everybody's like, let me see that underwear. <laughs> Was it really $1,000? I'm like, <laughs> you would start that rumor. Are you, are, are we going to talk about the, the vial of blood now? Is that what you're going to? Yeah. So I brought this topic up before, but Rob told us he went to, he went on a trip to Europe. Okay. There is this overseas pretty pretty big area. Yeah, it, it's, it's pretty big area where where exactly um, like uh, a bunch of different you, areas. Yeah, he went all over the place. Okay, but like it's if you don't know, it's not it's not next to Canada. It's like across the ocean. Yeah, you have to. I think you actually have to get like on a plane or a boat to get over. Yeah, there. yeah. something like that. You can't. I mean, you can't swim. It. Travis tried once. Yeah, I didn't make it. To, <laughs> didn't. I didn't make it to the water. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it was a uh, it was too rough. Yep. But uh, it was just windy that day. Yeah, but um. The, there is this church over there that believes they have a vial of Jesus's actual blood. So that's kind of a big deal. What makes them think that? Where does the... Okay, well, we'll tell you. <laughs> are, are you saying like you have the information you're going to tell him? Well, tell him. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rob, do you have any comments on this? <laughs> he didn't visit. He didn't see it. I thought that was the whole reason he went to Europe, but apparently... Apparently there was something other else to do. Yeah, there was like something... There's a bigger deal over there. So I I did not go to see it. I heard about it. Uh, it, it we were kind of doing some research on things to see while we were in Belgium, and uh, this came up. I I did not go to see it. But again, you know, my question was how how do they know this is the 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 blood of Christ? Where did that come from? Um, and even more importantly, even if it was the blood of Christ, why? Why is it in a vial sitting in a church where people come and look at it? I mean, though, what else would you do with it? You know, you wouldn't throw it away. You'd put it on display. It is true. It would be really hard to throw away a vial of Jesus' blood. I mean, that's all you can do with it. You sell it on eBay, I guess. (laughs) 
Can you imagine? Once that hits a black market, though, it's gone forever. Like, true. No, true. Like, true. true. Imagine, imagine someone that has like their whole life been like super excited about this vial of blood, and like I, I go to the church that has a vial of blood of Jesus in it. And then they get up to heaven and they find out it's like some goat's blood or something. Yeah. Like it had nothing to do with Jesus. Total disappointment. Well, total disappointment. You know, if you think about it, some some churches have five thousand dollar tennis shoes. Other ones have vials of Jesus' blood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's just all different things. Is we have, so, so we what have is the, the backstory. <laughs> we on have both living proof. Like, is is this the original <laughs> vial that it was put in? Yeah, I'm sure they they blew glass. That's what I'm. That's what I'm questioning. Soon after Jesus died and yeah. collected his blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a ridiculous question. So it's supposed to contain a cloth with blood of Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's a, it, oh, it's a cloth. It's a cloth. Yeah. So that actually is more realistic, probably. Okay, than... hold on. So okay, there's not like liquid blood. It's it's just a, a, a soaked stain. piece of cloth. So no one even. Re- so we brought up the top the the subject, <laughs> and no one really knows anything about it. Cool. <laughs> No, well, Rob like we know out there. Only we, one of us has been to Europe, and he didn't look at it. Yeah, so, so thanks. The, it's, it's actually <laughs> Rob's fault. It's my fault. Yeah, you don't you don't bring a you don't bring the topic back and then <laughs> not go visit it when we're talking about it. So yeah. so if you read on Wikipedia, I mean, it just sounds ridiculous. I'm sorry. Isn't the whole point of us funding you to go to Europe to see the vile blood was to come back to bring information? <laughs> I mean, actually, none of us got paid in our we, podcast. We spent we all the money we had <laughs> I, to get you there. I was going to buy $5,000 sneakers. <laughs> so, so listen, popular legend asserts that the file was taken to Bruges during the Second Crusade by Theory of Alsace, who returned from Jerusalem with the relic of holy blood presented to him by his brother-in-law, Baldwin III of Jerusalem, as a reward of great service. However, recent... Research finds no evidence of the presence of the relic in Bruges before 1250. In all likelihood, it originated in 1204 by the army of the Count of Flanders during the Fourth Crusade. It all sounds made up. It, it, I mean, it sounds like a friend of my brother's <laughs> nephew brought this to us. I don't know. So there is a church over there that has tourists every day. Coming they buy to tickets. S- Probably does it cost to get in, Rob? I, I don't know. I didn't go. I don't. What I don't know what we got out of this funding trip. <laughs> it sounds legit to me. I see no reason so, not to believe it. Here's the thing. Let's not assume anything. It, let's say it is Jesus's blood. Okay, let's do. Let's just say it is hypothetically. Okay. Okay. Does it really serve any purpose? It, that was my point. Even if it is or isn't, what's the purpose? Well, it proves I mean, he was real. See what, like, it, it, it proves what, he was real. Type he was. So no, it proves he was real to non-believers. No, it that, doesn't. No, prove it that. doesn't. It does. Even if it was real blood, how are you? I mean, they, listen. If that's they Jesus, don't have his DNA like on a computer somewhere where they're like, "Hey, by the way, we can go ahead and match up the chromosomes. We know it's. It, we know it was him." Yeah, and what do you they mean? What do you mean real? It proves that if if they say that's Jesus' blood, that's proof <laughs> of what that he was real. To non-believers, what what does real mean? I, I now I'm not. He I don't was know. the real son of God. That blood doesn't prove that because they don't have God's blood. I, I think so, that's a personal opinion. Are we? I, and I'm sorry if this if, it, if this offends anybody, but I don't see the difference between this and Graceland. Okay. I mean, it, all you're going to do is go and see something. What's Graceland? Elvis is. Oh, oh I've my been there. Goodness. <laughs> I've, no, I've been there. 
I actually went. Did you go? I've been there. You thought when he said the word grace, it was some like religious place. Yeah. <laughs> Travis, <laughs> Travis went. When That'd he be was the in great. Europe. That's a great name for a theme park. It is. Welcome to Graceland. Graceland proves that Elvis was real, also. And that's true. <laughs> but so what? That and they be, bought tickets to no, see him. They don't have any of Elvis's blood at Graceland. I didn't see any. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't look on that couch, did you? <laughs> yeah. So, like, I guess this does prove something, though. It proves that in church we can get really caught up in stupid things that mean nothing, and start like worshiping. Like, well, do they worship that blood? I don't know. Probably some people now do. Now you're making I, assumptions. I, they I built know. a church around it. Yes, they worship <laughs> I'm going to catch you on assumptions all <laughs> night long. Because I'm tired of you making them. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. I'm thinking things through. That's not assumptions. I'm, I'm, I'm putting out one perspective. You get in to put out another perspective. You can't just sit over there and say, that didn't happen because you're assuming it. What if my assumptions are correct? What if they're not? <laughs> 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 I just don't see the purpose. Like, even if some crazy way you could prove that it was Jesus's blood, like, I still don't understand what purpose it serves. I guess let's throw it away then. Like, you're going to, like, go over there, <laughs> oh, um, go that. into the church, you know, stand there, take a selfie with the vial of blood, because I'm sure that's what every person does that walks by it, right? And then they got, like, a couple hashtags they put with it. I don't really see the purpose. All right, let's just throw this vial of blood away. Call them. Tell them <laughs> it doesn't call, serve a purpose. Call them. We don't know why you still have it. Like, hey, there has to be some sucker on eBay that'll buy that vial from you. Go ahead and sell it. Give the money to the church. See what happens. Problem solved, everybody. Would would you bid on it, Travis? Yeah, I'd bid on it. (laughs) Heck yeah. I'd bring it in here. Paul, would you buy it? No, probably would not. I'd totally buy it and charge people admission to come see it (laughs) because I know they'd be stupid (laughs) enough to do that. Actually, we have some vials. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that. We could probably make... A bunch of vials of Jesus' blood, guys. Like, I mean, we could yeah. be selling these things like hotcakes. Oh yeah. If you, you gotta if buy you, a ticket. Now if, you guys are making fun of it. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I don't. Yeah, we are kind of. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of true, but it's a good thing to make fun of. Um, God so forgive us. Can we move on from that, please? Okay, good. So our next topic is Bigfoot and Angel. <laughs> Gosh darn it. So, <laughs> no, you have to intro so, this. So, who came up with this idea? So, I did. And it's a no. Who? You Who's can't I? say Who I because yeah. none Tra- of us want Travis. credit. Travis, Travis came it's, up with this idea. The reason is Bigfoot is elusive. No one ever sees him. I don't like an angel. If no one ever saw him, what is Bigfoot then? But people saw angels. People. And people have saw Bigfoot. <laughs> saw. Have seen it's a it's a question. I'm just saying, maybe maybe that's why I can just disappear. Do you believe in angels? Let's start there. Yeah, I do. Okay, so you don't believe in Bigfoot? No. Okay, well that's gonna be hard to connect it to. <laughs> <laughs> Next topic. All right, let's keep moving. Yep, yep. Yeah. Scratch that one. I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate your topic um, suggestion. But, yeah, I appreciate that. I can't hey. wait till we get in heaven and there's these. Bigfoot walking around, <laughs> and everybody's, and you're like, uh, Jesus, who is that? Oh, those are my angels. I find it funny that the first thing Travis is going to think of when he gets to heaven is to come and find me and prove. He's like, he's like I'm I gotta gonna, get my I gotta find I gotta Bo. Prove. I gotta go find him and let him know. Hey, did you see the Bigfoots running around? 
I told you so. I told little, you so. And they'll be like, pull uh, up that podcast. Old Nessie's <laughs> over there swimming. Yeah. <laughs> Look at all these unicorns. You know, mermaids. <laughs> get your laugh now. Because <laughs> I'll be the last one laughing. I got eternity to laugh. <laughs> we really genuinely are excited just to get to hang out. And, and we hope that you enjoyed it. Please feel free to email us or contact us about topics that maybe you want to hear more about. Some of the things that you'll probably email to us we will not run with because we'll probably just completely ignore them. Uh, but anyways. What Bo meant to say was please email us at lpleftovers <laughs> at gmail.com. Again, that's lpleftovers at gmail.com. That is so true. That is exactly what I meant to say. But thank you guys for joining us. Appreciate it very much. Join us next time. Subscribe. Get your friends to subscribe to our podcast. And then maybe in all seriousness, one day we really will have a sponsor and we won't have to joke about it. Wait a minute. We're not getting paid for this? I quit my job to do this. <laughs> yeah, and we appreciate that. Well, I... <laughs> we do appreciate you taking the time to listen to Leftovers, the living proof podcast for the stuff that didn't fit into our service. We hope you had some fun. We made you laugh, but mostly I hope we made you think.